Hi everyone and welcome to Exploring the Midwest. My name is Jody, and I will be your guide as we chat with incredible people across the 13 Midwestern states and discover all the amazing things there are to see and do. I hope you enjoy our summer topics and I invite you to reach out to me at any time with topic ideas or destinations, attractions, or even people that you think I should know about. You can click through the show notes and leave a comment or connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Jody Halstead. Thank you so much for joining me on the Exploring the Midwest podcast. Now we're talking museums today and not all museums are huge places with priceless works of art or, you know, massive historical relevance. Some museums begin just with a passion and a collection. And the Pencil Sharpener Museum is one of those places. Today, I'm joined by Karen Raymore, the Executive Director for Explore Hocking Hills. And she is going to tell us more about this fascinating but wee tiny museum. Karen, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Uh, we love to tell the story of the museum. <laughs> and it's kind of a fascinating thing. So can you tell people what this museum is and the history and kind of the why? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the world's only pencil sharpener museum. And it is a wee little museum. <laughs> it's a very small building, uh, but it houses over 3,500 different pencil sharpeners. No two sharpeners in the museum are the same. They may, the sun may look the same, but there's some difference, whether it's color or shape, a little bit of difference. Uh, there's also one of the very first pencil sharpeners ever invented, and we have the patent papers on display inside the Welcome Center. But this little pencil sharpening museum, which is the uh, Paul A. Johnson Pencil Sharpening Museum, named after the founder, uh, was relocated from its original location to our Welcome Center property in 2011. So it was uh, originally positioned right outside of Reverend Johnson and his wife's home and kind of off the beaten path. And I stumbled across it just when I was first here in the Hocking Hills and first moved here, driving around some of the back roads to get a feel for the area. And I happened to drive by this little pencil sharpening museum and there was a sign out front that said, call this number if you want a tour. So I of course called the number and Reverend Johnson was kind enough to give me a tour. Just a, a wonderful man who uh, over the years I got to know better. He and his wife, just some of the best people you would ever want to meet. And his collection began when his wife gave him a couple of pencil sharpeners. And all of a sudden, a lot of people started giving him. And before he knew it, he had a, quite a collection. That's so funny. And, you know, that's how a lot of collections begin. But very few make it to that size. I mean, luckily, pencil sharpeners are usually small. But, I mean, that is... It, it almost, did it become a passion for him or was it just something where people just kept giving him pencil sharpeners? No, it definitely became a passion. He was really, really proud of this pencil sharpening museum. And so when, when anyone would come in and, and often people would send him pencil sharpeners. So he's received sharpeners from all around the world because he also, he and his wife did missionary work uh, for some years. So they met a lot of people internationally 
And he would receive these sharpeners, add them to the collection, but he would also at times find one online or through a catalog and you had to buy more than just one. You know, you had to buy like a dozen to get that one. Well, he would buy the whole dozen and then he would give the extras away to anybody that visited the museum. So it really was a labor of love for him. Um, it just, I think he really enjoyed the people and being able to share the collection. I know one of his sharpeners that he was really proud of um, is a sharpener that depicts the Twin Towers. And he was very proud of that. He's got several, he, had, he was in uh, the Navy in World War II. So he has several military themed sharpeners in the collection, uh, which are, they're all just so unique. Everything from farm implements to um, surfboards to animals. You have, I never imagined how many different shapes and sizes pencil sharpeners could come in. So it's a, it's a, like you say, it's a little museum, but it's a very sweet museum with a wonderful story. So I imagine this probably, you know, began, he just had them in his house and then he had to create a home for them. And, and you picked up and moved this building. Am I correct? That is correct. He did. He, he put a, um, what most people would consider a storage shed uh, outside of his house. And that's where he put the display. So when we moved it, and of course, when it was at his home, adjacent to his home, I should say, uh, he was always there. So nobody was in the museum without him accompanying them. Well, when we moved it, first, we, we photographed every single sharpener, where it was, every shelf, so that when we packed those all up and moved them. When we put the museum back together, it was put back together exactly as Reverend Johnson had it. Um, we obtained the, the museum after he, he passed away. And with the help of our local Scenic Hills Senior Center, we contacted his wife. Um, and it turns out that his daughter tells us that at one time he had said he hoped that someday the museum would be at the Welcome Center because Aww. then more people would be able to see it. So we did, we moved the building, all the pencil sharpeners, everything to our property where our regional Welcome Center sits. And it's just the perfect addition because now it's open seven days a week. When, when Reverend Johnson had it at his house, of course, if he wasn't home, mm -hmm. it wasn't open. But because we're open seven days a week, the, the museum is. We have made some modifications just for security reasons. Mm -hmm. um, so because you're not accompanied when you're in the museum, you just can tour at your leisure. Uh, so we do have some security measures in place. But the collection is just as it was when it was at Reverend Johnson and Mrs. Johnson's home. Oh, that's so fun. So I'm assuming there are no additions to it, correct? It's it's complete? No, we have, we have every now and again, we will have someone uh, send us a sharpener or, or contact us about sending a sharpener. And we have to verify that there isn't one already in the museum. <laughs> because we that's the one thing, Reverend Johnson was very proud that every single one of those sharpeners was different, that there were no duplicates at all. So uh, it's a pretty tough uh, screening process to get a sharpener added to the museum. <laughs> that is so, so fun. Um, now, like you said, the Pencil Sharpener Museum is 
just outside of your visitor center now. Yes. Um, so my burning question is, in the gift shop, do you sell pencil sharpeners? You know, we should. We actually don't. Um, and I have contacted some uh, plastics manufacturers to see about getting a pencil sharpener that's a replica of the museum, you know, the How outside of it. Because, would I that think, be? Would that be because um, a local family, after we had moved the museum to our property, a local family gave us these two wonderful uh, quilt squares, like on a quilt barn. Mm -hmm. uh, that are pencils, of course. And those are on the, so those are on the outside of the mm -hmm. museum attached to the building. And we thought, wouldn't it be great to get like this little pencil sharpener that looks just like the building. Uh, I have yet to be able to find a company that will do that for us, but we're, we're not going to give up because I, I do think that it would be a wonderful souvenir. It would be incredible. So if people are stopping by to visit this incredible little museum, obviously they're going to spend some time in the Hocking Hills because you kind of, it's a destination in and of itself. Um, but it's not someplace you're going to go visit the museum and leave. So can you tell us a little bit more about the Hocking Hills if people have heard about it, but they're not sure exactly what it is? Oh, love to. <laughs> the, the Hocking Hills, what we're most famous for is the Hocking Hills State Park. It's Ohio's most visited state park. And for good reason, it's actually six non-contiguous sites that are under the umbrella of the Hocking Hills State Park. Uh, and it's certainly not the only park in our region, but it is the, the most well-known and the most visited. Uh, the What the big attraction uh, is the landscape. It is uh, sandstone caves and cliffs and ravines and gorges and waterfalls, lots and lots of waterfalls. So it attracts uh, people that are interested in hiking because it really is spectacular hiking. And the nice thing is, regardless of your um, desired activity level, there is a trail that will accommodate you. We have two trails that are uh, handicap accessible. They're paved so wheelchairs can maneuver them very easily. It's also really nice if you have little ones and a stroller. Uh, and both of those go, they're gorge trails. One is to Ash Cave. I'm sorry, Ash Cave will take you into the, the actual cave. And then once in there, there's a 90 foot waterfall. Um, and then at the, and the other one is Conkles Hollow State Nature Preserve. And that one, as you go back into the gorge, at the very end of it, although you have to see it from a bit of a distance if you need to stay on the paved path. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it's an easy hike to get back there and there's another waterfall there. So, uh, and those are just two of many because it, at Conkles Hollow, there's the rim trail, which will give you cliff top views that are spectacular. The most famous of the sites is Old Man's Cave. That's the one most people have heard of. And when they, if they've never been here, that's their first stop frequently. And that's a, another, you know, multiple waterfalls, great sandstone cave formations. Uh, Cedar Falls is another great destination waterfall, another great hike. So uh, there's really many different levels of, of hiking challenges, but that's the number one activity. And Every picture I've ever seen of Hocking Hills is absolutely beautiful. I know it's 
a popular destination for anyone around that southeastern Ohio, correct? Yes, although this year in 2020 and uh, 2021 so far, we have been getting visitors from across the country. Uh, I uh, Primarily because of the kind of outdoor activities that we have. Because in addition to all the hiking, there's canoeing and kayaking and fishing and boating and zip line tours and, you know, all, there's a lot of outdoor activities, rock climbing, rappelling. Um, so we're, it's the outdoor activities, but also our accommodations, our lodging accommodations are predominantly cabins. That means detached uh, short-term rentals. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing with that is most of them are contactless check-in and check-out. So as everyone has been concerned about their safety and distancing, the accommodations really allow for that and let you have a vacation without coming into contact with any other human being that you don't want to. And of course, with the outdoor activities, that's pretty mm -hmm. handy too. At the beginning of the pandemic uh, last April, our the Hocking Hill State Park was the only park in Ohio that closed. Mm -hmm. And they when they reopened the beginning of July, they had reconfigured the trails to all be one way for safety purposes, which serves two purposes, actually. It's for safety, of course, but mm -hmm. also for, for preservation of the natural environment. It's just really good for uh, Mother Nature out in the parks to have traffic a little bit more controlled on the trails. Well, and it's also nice to know that you're on a trail that loops as opposed to going in and out. Um, just gives you a little more to, to experience. Exactly. It, it really has enhanced the trails and we've had many, many compliments. Uh, and of course, our, our state park folks are the best in the world, we think. And they, they did get a, a national award for redoing the trails, uh, which an innovation award, which is well-deserved because they, they worked so hard to get this done and have the trails open for last summer and were able to accomplish that while really creating a safe environment for people hiking. How fun. Now, as you mentioned, most of the accommodations in the area are cabins. So if people are coming in, are there a lot of restaurants for them to choose from? Or do they need to make sure they're hitting a grocery store and stocking up and, and making plans for their own meals? Well, you can do both. The nice thing is the cabins all have fully stocked kitchens. Uh, so that does make it nice because a lot of times in the morning, and particularly if you've got little ones, they, you know, they may not want to wait in line for pancakes. They, they mm -hmm. may want to just have some cereal and start playing. Uh, so you can, you can do that, but we do have excellent restaurants, really wonderful, locally owned. You won't find the um, chain restaurants. There's no, we don't have any Applebee's. We don't have Olive Garden, nothing like that, but <laughs> we have, we have really wonderful locally owned restaurants that kind of run the gamut from just your kind of basic diner great comfort food to Amish style buffet to fine dining, uh, you know, seven course dinners. And so it's an, it's a nice variety and that way everybody can find what fits their, their desires, what fits their taste and their budget. Excellent. So, you know, because one of my favorite things to do when I'm traveling is to eat locally is there a certain thing, a certain type of food, a certain food item that maybe people will find in the Hocking Hills that they won't find elsewhere or something that you see a lot there? 
um, that people should be sure to try? Well, we're, we don't have a specific item. Um, although our local pizzeria, uh, which is called Pizza Crossing, was recognized by TripAdvisor and USA Today as Ohio's best pizzeria. And I'd have to agree, it's wonderful. So um, Pizza Crossing is great, but we have, what we're really good at and our local restaurants are just excel at is comfort food. Um, down here in, you know, we're on the, the, in the foothills of Appalachia and every cook I know knows how to make homemade noodles. So, you know, you want to get some really great homemade noodles, they, they make them here and uh, are featured at many of the restaurants daily, you know, whether it's chicken and noodles or beef and noodles, it's, but they're homemade uh, and they're outstanding, but we're, we're really good at comfort food around here. Excellent end of a full day of hiking food. Yeah. You know, you're going to, you're going to be moving a lot, so you don't have to feel guilty you know, sit down and, and enjoy that comfort food because you're going to work it off. That's, that's almost guaranteed. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Karen, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. If people are looking for more information about the Pencil Sharpener Museum and all the things to do in Hocking Hills, where is the best place for them to get that information? Uh, certainly our, our website, which is explorehockinghills.com. And when you come to the area, you must see the Pencil Sharpening Museum. But if you come into the Welcome Center, that's right there next to it, we have a packet that's free. It's called Mother Nature's Classroom. And there are projects that were created by our, our Hocking County Soil and Water Conservation Education folks uh, for the kids. So you get this packet that's got these great projects that you can do in nature and a magnifying glass and every child gets a magnifying glass so they don't have to share and you can really have a great time and it's you know something you just pop into the welcome center and pick up for free. Oh how fun well Karen thank you so much for all this information I know it's going to get people thinking about their travels and and definitely pique their interest to check out this fun and wee tiny little museum. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app or take a screenshot and tag me in your Instagram stories at Jody Halstead.